G'day, my name is Jeff. It's my privilege to look with you at James chapter 5, verses 1 to 6. Tough passage this one. Can I encourage you to have it open in front of you? Make sure that what I'm saying is uh, what the Bible says. And uh, let's pray and ask God for his help. Heavenly Father, do please help us as we look at your word now to understand what it's saying to us. Help us to turn away from, uh, turn away from sin and to trust Jesus and to live for him. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. My dad loves cars. I reckon in his time he's owned well over 100 cars, all, all kinds of cars. I, I still, remember, still remember a whole heap of them from when I was a kid. Um, I remember a number of MGBs. I remember uh, he bought a bright orange Chrysler Charger with a black racing stripe. I remember a, a Porsche 911. I remember a Jaguar XJ 4.2. But as he, got, as he got a bit older, there was one kind of car that my dad always had. Whatever other car he was buying or selling, he always made sure he had a Mercedes. I once asked him about it. I said, well, what's, what's with the Mercedes? And he said this. He said, Jeff, I'm the managing director of a company. When I meet people, I want to make a good impression. And the car you drive, it says something about you. I like what a Mercedes says about me. It says I'm successful. And so I'm always going to own a Mercedes. Uh, what my dad said is true, isn't it? Your car does say something about you. I'm not sure that I much like what my 2003 people mover says about me. I do like my wife's convertible. I kind of sit in it and think Miami Vice or something like that, although apparently when I drive it, in fact, it says midlife crisis. Either way, your car says something about you. But, but it's not just your car, is it? The clothes you wear, they say something about you. If you wear a nice suit, it says something. According to one article, a suit is the uniform of success, the symbol of professionalism and competence. But if you wear a tracksuit, well, that says something different. The handbag you carry, it says something about you. If you carry a Hermes bag, it says something. Let me, let me quote from another article. Someone who wears Hermes screams that she is wealthy and refined. They have a high appreciation for luxury and they see the beauty in simplicity and timeless design. A Hermes bag will say one thing about you, but if you carry your stuff in a plastic shopping bag, that'll say something different. The watch you wear, it says something about you. According to one article, when you wear a Rolex, it tells people that you are willing to work hard and take risks in order to achieve success. Your taste is impeccable, and you appreciate the fine things in life. Your shoes, they'll say something about you. If you wear Louis Vuitton, it'll say one thing. If you wear Dunlop Volleys, it'll say another thing. The stuff you own says something about you. And people go to a lot of trouble with all of this, don't they? People spend lots of time and lots of money trying to, trying to portray themselves to the world through what they own. They try to create what we call a style for ourselves. Because, as one article puts it, we all know that style is a way to say who you are without having to actually speak. Style's a way to say who you are without having to actually speak. Your stuff says something about you. 
Well, do you remember the context of this letter of James? Most of the original readers of James' letters, they would have been, of James' letter, they would have been poor. They were religious refugees. They'd escaped from their home city of Jerusalem because of religious persecution at the time of Stephen. Uh, they'd escaped, they'd, they'd left everything behind. Most of them were poor, but not all of them. Not all of them were poor. Some of James's readers were very successful, very wealthy. Uh, last week, he addressed some of them. Uh, we saw that, he, uh, that some of them were business people and merchants. And you remember they had all kinds of, uh, it's not last week, it's the week before because of Easter. Do you remember they had all kinds of schemes to, to travel and to do business and to make money? Well, now in today's passage, James addresses rich people. And he has some very strong things to say. In fact, they're so strong that some people say he's not talking to Christians. Now, I don't, I don't buy that line myself. It seems to me that he's writing to Christians. He's not writing to non-Christians. I, I think he's just speaking something like an Old Testament prophet here, uh, warning them about what's going to happen. Uh, it seems to me non-Christians are not going to be reading the letter. Anyway, uh, he addresses rich people, rich people who are reading the letter, and uh, he, talks about, he talks about what their wealth says about them. Now, James starts off, he starts off by saying, that his rich readers, they shouldn't, they shouldn't rejoice in their wealth. They shouldn't delight in their wealth. Instead, he says, what they should do is um, grieve. They should grieve the fact that misery lies in front of them. James chapter 5 and verse 1. Have a look with me. James chapter 5 and verse 1. Now listen, you rich people. Weep and wail because of the misery that is coming on you. What is this misery that's coming onto the rich? Well, James goes on to tell them uh, two things, two, two uh, aspects of misery that they're going to be looking forward to. First, uh, they will soon have the misery of losing everything they've worked so hard to get. They've invested their lives into gaining wealth. They've invested so much time, so much energy into amassing all of their stuff and all of it will soon be gone. None of it will last. Verse two, your wealth is rotted. And moths have eaten your clothes. Your gold and silver are corroded. Everything that these rich people have invested their lives into will perish. That's going to be miserable for them. And then second, uh, James says that, that the perishing of their staff, it's going to testify against them on judgment day. The fact that they've invested their lives into transient wealth, it's going to say something about them. Their stuff will testify against them. And on judgment day, James says, that will be like fire burning their flesh. I think it's a, think it's a metaphor to say that it will fill them with regret and with, and with shame. It's going, to, it's, going to be, it's going to torture them. Still in verse 3. Their corrosion will testify against you and eat your flesh like fire. James goes on to talk about four things that these people's wealth will say about them. Four things that their earthly stuff will testify about them on Judgment Day. The first thing that their wealth will say about them is this. They haven't realised the significance of this time in history. Here's the first thing their wealth will testify against them. They haven't realised the significance of this time in history. Uh, in the New Testament... The time between the resurrection of Jesus and his return, this time in between is called the last days. It's the days we're living in now, between the resurrection and the return of Jesus, the last days. And the thing about these last days is this. 
this is the only time in all of eternity when people can put their faith in Jesus and be saved. That is the unique thing about this point in eternity. This is the only time when people can put their faith in Jesus and be saved. It's the last days. And if you get that, well, you'll invest your life serving Jesus. Now is the time when Christ's love should compel us. It should compel us not to, not to make ourselves rich and comfortable. No, it should compel us to, to proclaim Jesus to our world, to, to show Jesus to the world by our life and our words and by our actions and, and by our generosity. It's the last days. But James's rich readers haven't got it. They're wasting their time in these last days, hoarding wealth. And on the last day, their wealth will testify against them. James chapter 5 and the end of verse 3. Here's the first thing that their wealth testifies against them. You have hoarded wealth in the last days. Well, that's the first thing. They haven't realised the significance of this time in history. Second thing. The second thing that these rich people's wealth will testify against them on Judgment Day is this. In their efforts to get rich, they have exploited their workers. They are exploiters. They've withheld wages. God hears the cries of these exploited workers. And on Judgment Day, these rich people's wealth will testify against them, testify that they are exploiters. Verse 4. Look! The wages you failed to pay the workers who mowed your fields are crying out against you. The cries of the harvesters have reached the ears of the Lord Almighty. Misunderstood the last days. Exploited people. The third thing that these rich people's wealth will testify against them is this. They've forgotten that judgment day is coming. Judgment day is coming. We will have to give account to God. And, and, and in light of that, we should live for Jesus. We should, we should love other people. What does God want? Love the Lord your God with your heart, soul, mind and strength. Love your neighbour as yourself. Judgment day is coming. You don't want to live a self-indulgent life. James uses a very vivid picture. He says these people are like animals being fattened for slaughter. On Judgment Day, all the stuff they accumulated, all the luxury they lived in, it will, it will testify that they lived for themselves and not for Jesus. Their stuff will heap judgment onto them. Verse 5. You have lived on earth in luxury and self-indulgence. You have fattened yourselves in the day of slaughter. Misunderstood the time. Exploiters. Self-indulgent. The fourth and final thing these rich people's wealth will testify about them is this. These rich readers have hurt God's people. God's innocent people, literally his righteous people. These, these people, I mean, most of them are poor. They're religious refugees. They don't have the power to defend themselves against rich exploiters. But these rich people with all the stuff they're doing, living for themselves, hoarding, failing to pay wages, these rich people are harming their poor fellow Christians. Remember the context. It's quite possible that there was a famine in the area. It's quite possible that some of these poor religious refugees, they're literally starving to death. And meanwhile, these rich readers are no help. They are living in luxury while God's innocent, righteous people who cannot defend themselves starve. James says... 
They're effectively condemning and murdering their poor brothers and sisters. And on judgment day, their wealth will testify against them. It will tell everyone how they hurt God's people. Verse six. You have condemned and murdered the innocent one, literally the righteous, who was not opposing you, or literally who could not oppose you. You've condemned and murdered the righteous who could not oppose you. All right. All right, can you see what's here in this passage? Uh, James is writing to rich people among his readers, and he's warning them. Judgment day is coming. On that day, all their wealth will perish. And on that day, their wealth will testify against them. Testify that in these critical last days, they weren't sharers of the gospel, they were hoarders of wealth. Testify that they exploited their workers for their own gain. Testify that they selfishly fattened themselves like pigs before slaughter. In in their... Testify that in their lust for wealth, they effectively condemned and murdered God's people. This is tough stuff, isn't it? Okay. Okay, well, let's think about applying this passage to ourselves. I guess the first question to ask is this. Does this passage apply to us? Let me put the question another way. James chapter 5, verse 1. Who's he talking to? Who's he addressing here? Now listen, you rich people. So it's a simple question. Are you a rich person? And the answer? Of course you are. Of course you are. I'm quoting from the website of the World Bank. In 2017, 9.2% of people were living on less than $1.90 per per day. 24.1% of the world lived on less than $3.20 a day. And 43.6% on less than $5.50 a day. Did you get that? Nearly half the world's population lives on less than $5.50 per day. Uh, By contrast... The average family income of the North Shore, on, on the North Shore of Sydney, it's somewhere around about $350 per day. Uh, that's, that's about 70 times as much, 70 times as much as half the world. Now, friends, you might not feel it, uh, but if you are sitting here I- I- on Zoom today, you are almost certainly extremely wealthy. You are in the top couple of percent of people in the entire world. So friends, like it or not, this passage applies to you. And the question that it asks us is a very searching one. Here it is. You ready? Because it's not going to be pleasant to think about. Here's the question. What will your staff say about you on Judgment Day? What will your wealth testify about you on Judgment Day? I mean, we spend... We spend heaps of time, heaps of money, heaps of energy acquiring things, that the car that we drive, the clothes that we wear, our watches and handbags and jewellery, the, the, the technology that we love to carry and play with, our, our better homes and gardens. We all invest in 
style so that we can say who we are without actually having to speak, to, to, to present a, a, a picture of ourselves to this world, to portray ourselves to the world. We want our stuff to say something about us, but this puts a very different spin on things, doesn't it? Because the question is, the question is, what will all your stuff say about you on Judgment Day? What do you think? Do you, do you think that your wealth might testify any of the things that James is talking about here? What about the first thing that he talks about? Will, will the things that you own, will they testify against you that you hoarded wealth in the last days? Will the things that you own testify against you that you hoarded wealth in the last days? Friends, friends, this is a unique time in history. This is the only opportunity for the world to hear the good news about Jesus and put their faith in him. That is the most important thing about this time between the resurrection and the return of Jesus. Soon Jesus will be back and then it's, it's, it's game over. It'll be too late. Do you realise the significance of this point in history? Do you realise the significance of the time that you're living in? Do you realise what's really important? Well, does your stuff reflect that? Does, does the way that you spend your time and money reflect your understanding that this is the one time that you can invest in eternity, that this is the one time that you can help people trust Jesus and be saved? Are you giving generously to, to the work of our church? Are you giving generously to the work of mission? Are you investing time in sharing the gospel, in building up God's people? Do you want your stuff to testify about you that you understood the time and you invested in eternal things? Or will your stuff testify against you on Judgment Day? Will your stuff reveal the sad truth? Will your better home and garden and all your things, will they show that you didn't actually care much about Jesus or his gospel at all? How about this? Will your Rolex testify on Judgment Day that you didn't know the time? You, you, you wasted the opportunity of the last days. What about the second thing that James talks about here? Will the things that you own testify that you have exploited the people who worked for you? You became wealthy by... Uh, underpaying staff or overcharging clients? Will, will the people who served you, the people who gave you the wealth to accumulate, will they cry out against you on Judgment Day? Will they say that you exploited them? I'm not sure how far to go with this, but I wonder what all the slave labourers who make our shoes and our clothes and our electronics will say about us on Judgment Day. Those poor people working for a a dollar a day in Bangladesh so we can have cheap sneakers or jeans or whatever. What are they going to say? We're all, will all these poor people testify that we are exploiters? What about James's third point? Will, will the things that you own testify that you lived on earth in luxury and self-indulgence? 
apparently your Hermes handbag screams that you are wealthy and have a high appreciation for luxury. That might be nice now. You might want other people to think that now. I'm not so sure you're going to want that screamed on Judgment Day. Are you? Is your stuff going to reveal that you lived a fundamentally selfish life? Will your stuff reveal that you didn't love God with your heart, soul, mind and strength? Will your stuff reveal that you didn't love your neighbour as yourself? You didn't invest your time and money in in serving Jesus or or your neighbour or society. You invested your time and money in making yourself comfortable. Will you be standing there on judgment day like a big fat pig waiting for slaughter? What about James's last point? Will the things that you owned, will your wealth testify against you on Judgment Day that you lived in luxury at the expense of poor Christians? Christians around the world starved while you feasted. Christians around the world went homeless while you lived in your mansion. Christians around the world didn't have access to scripture, but you didn't care. You were too focused on what you want. You you were too focused on making yourself comfortable and getting yourself all the things that you wanted to to even bother thinking about the poor Christians of the world. Just think about the the Prez Aid appeal that we had uh, at Easter last week. Do, Do you remember what the needs were? There's a theological college in India that is so poor it doesn't have the books that it needs to to train its students properly. Pastors in Timor-Leste, who've never had any theological training, can never afford to do theological training, and we're going to provide them with some. Or the desperately poor Christians in Zambia, they don't even have fences to stop themselves from being attacked. They don't even have reticulated water. The, the, the denomination is so poor, they can't even register the Bible college with the government. I wonder, what did your stuff testify about you this Easter? Did, did you spend more money on chocolate and presents than you did supporting these desperately poor brothers and sisters? What what, what will all our chocolate and presents testify about us on Judgment Day? Will they testify that we have a callous disregard for our brothers and sisters in Christ? We, We effectively condemn and murder them by just focusing self indulgently on ourselves. Are you hearing the question? Are you getting the picture? Your wealth is going to testify about you on Judgment Day. What do you want it to say? Do you want it to say that you understood the time? That you were generous? That you loved God and loved your neighbour with your wealth? That you loved God's people with your wealth? Is that what you want it to say? I'm feeling uncomfortable, aren't you? I suspect we need to radically rethink our attitude to wealth. I suspect we need to get way more serious about generosity. We need to get way more serious about investing in gospel ministry in these last days. We need to get way more serious that we ensure that we don't exploit other people to get the best and the cheapest for ourselves. We need to get way more serious about about 
loving God and our neighbour with our wealth. We need to get way more serious about particularly supporting our Christian brothers and sisters who are struggling. Friends, all that stuff we have, it does say something about us. Our style does say who we are without us having to actually speak. But on Judgment Day, we could well be in for a shock when we hear what it says. So now's the time to ask ourselves, what will your wealth say about you on Judgment Day? Let's pray. Our gracious God and loving Heavenly Father, we acknowledge that we are very wealthy and that our wealth shows Lots of sinful things about us. Father, thank you so much for Jesus who died and rose again so that accusations like this against us will not stand. Please help us to trust in him alone for our salvation on Judgment Day. But help us also to repent, to turn away from selfishly acquiring and instead to love you and to love our neighbour with what we have. And we pray that on Judgment Day our our stuff would testify that we understood the time, that we didn't exploit, we were generous, that we loved you and loved our neighbour with our wealth and, and that we loved our brothers and sisters in Christ. Lord, help us to do this, we pray, by the power of your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen.